Hello everyone, welcome back to Symbolic Connection Podcast, right? It's been a while, so hi Ku, I'm with Ku, my co-host as usual. Hi Ku. Hello, hi Tuya. Uh, hi everyone, welcome welcome back to our uh, podcast. Yes, it has been quite a while. Uh, unfortunately, we got caught up quite busy with other stuff as well. So uh, what, what have you been busy with, Tuya? <laughs> I- I've been busy with generative AI stuff. How about you, Ku? Hey, same as well. It's like everyone, you know my classes, right? They have been asking me about... Uh, generative AI and all this, especially the very famous one that start with C, uh, which is ChatGPT and all this, right? So everyone has been asking me about, hey, what about this generative AI? What's your thoughts on it? And so on and so forth. So it seems like now the public has a lot more ideas about what uh, AI is. And then I think generative AI has sort of now taken the main stage altogether. Uh. Yeah, I mean... It, it has been a very busy period as well for us to just ramp up on the knowledge of generative AI, yeah. start creating content, and because we are community folks, right? So yes. we also prepare content for the community, like educating the community and things like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think by now, more or less, I think the audience will have some idea actually what topic are we going to talk about today? <laughs> wait, wait, what are we going to talk about today? Um, of course, we're going to talk about generative AI. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so I think the thing is so so I I so since we're gonna talk about generative AI and all this right, so I was thinking of why not we just get uh Google's butt right to help us maybe come up with the content of uh, this podcast as well. Uh, would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, this is one application of using generative AI, right? Yeah, helping your work. Yes, Help, uh, yeah. helping our creativity actually. Yes. Proposing some new new ideas or maybe previous ideas that we probably have uh, forgotten about, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like ideation automation or yeah. ideation helping, augmentation. Yeah, yes, I think that's also that part, but also maybe help us to do some checklisting also, create checklists mm. for us. I, ah. I kind of feel, I think that's something that uh, I find generative AI to be quite good at. Uh, so, okay, so without much further ado, let's get back to question us. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, let's, so let's see. give me about maybe one second to get back to, to do it. Okay, so here's a question. Uh, first question that came out from Bart was, uh, what is generative AI? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. so, so my, my answer to this is very simple. Mm. Generative AI is something that can generate stuff, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's very self-explanatory, right? Uh-huh. So. But generating, what does it generate, right? So mm. it generating could be images, mm. could be text, right? Mm. Could be like a lot of things that you apply to, right? We just generated questions for this podcast, right? Yeah. So it used to generate uh, new data, right? Something that you don't really have mm. right now that you generate it yeah. based on the prompt that you ask. So the question that you ask mm. to the bar is actually a prompt, mm. right? So you are asking, maybe it's a sentence, maybe it's a question, mm. then you're just making use of the performance from the large language model mm. who backing up the this you know generative ai mm. to to give you all the things that you sort of wanted i think that let me add on to that uh. so probably to you you have mentioned one of the keywords and that mm. is the input slash uh prompt prom, yep. so what generative ai does is that it's sort of like the algorithm right in the middle and then it takes in uh input slash prompt and usually prompt is uh, text-based, uh, yep. regardless whether is it uh, image generation or text generation, the prompt is usually text-based. 
And then after that, based on um, the models that you're using, right, then you generate either an image or a text. So text-wise would be, I think now the more popular ones will be ChatGPT and Bart, these two. But of course, there are other models that are, that are upcoming. Uh, haven't had the time to, to look at it. Then for image generation, there are quite a few. Uh, I think Dolly was the one that came in first. But then subsequently, it was uh, Stable Diffusion and Mid Journey that took up a lot more of the mind space rather than as compared to uh, Dolly, right? Yep. So, so Dolly, if you do not know, is a prompt-based image generation model, mm. right? So you can ask things like a panda riding a bicycle, and then the model will be smart <laughs> enough to generate a panda image, and then it is smart enough to identify what makes a bicycle yep. and what also makes the riding part of things. Uh. It's combine all these three and then make give you a panda riding bicycle. Yep. And it's not just give you one image. Mm. It gives you a variation of different images yeah. based on what you prompt, right? Yes. What you input as a text. Yeah. So I think the, the, the thing about generative AI, so just to help the audience pay, uh, paint a better picture of it, right? Is you just have to imagine there are like three boxes right in front of you. And the first box is the input slash prompt, which is usually text uh, based. Um, then after that, you have the generative model right in the middle. And then after that, you have the third box, which is your output. So output depends. It could be your images. It could be your uh, paragraphs. It could be paragraphs. It could be checklists uh, and so on and so forth. Okay. So with that being said, right, let's move on to the second question uh, that uh, Bart has given us. Um, how does generative AI work? Ah, tricky. So yeah. As simple as, like, okay, I'm not going to go through very technical details of how to build one from sure. scratch kind of thing. Uh -huh. But if you realize we are in different paradigm of machine learning, right? So mm -hmm. in the past, we used to like create a scenarios or the criteria to differentiate. Let's say you are trying to build a classifier to differentiate whether cats and dog kind of thing, mm -hmm. where you create things like what constitute a cat? Like mm. what are the behavior or like uh, attributes yep. from a cat? Yep. You have two ears, two eyes, four legs, fur, small animals, mm. right? I probably like to play with like cat needs and stuff. Yep. And then you move on to the next phase where we have this machine learning, the like uh. neural network, right? You have uh. CNN, you have like RNN, and all sort of like, you know, new architecture mm. to basically get the sense of what cats is from learning the data set, right? Yeah. So you have like a data set made of uh, a bunch of cats photo, mm. and then you start teach tell, telling the models like, hey, this is cat, this is not cat, this is cat, this is not cat. And mm. then once the model have learned, which in our, our language is, you reach to a certain accuracy or yeah. like a metrics, right? Mm. And then you say, okay, my model is ready. Right? I train my model mm. by just showing all the example and then can mo my model now detect whether it's a cat or not. Yeah. So that was not very long ago, right? It's like, I think one, two years ago, we were still talking about it. Yeah. But then now it's the next phrase where they have different architecture, right? So mm. what they do is they make use of this thing called foundation model. Mm. So the foundation models are the model, like a large AI models mm. that is trained on various data. Yep. You have a test data dataset, you have image dataset, you have audio data. Most of the data sometimes is not even labeled, right? You just mm. keep training. You're basically just feeding the model everything there is, yep. right? Uh, ideally the whole internet. Yep. So that's like a goal of it, right? So you train everything there is to, to learn from. Mm. And then your model now is like 
well fed with all the data set, right? Like, yeah. This is like, a, I, I don't know what's a better word to put it. Huh? So you, your model learn from all these examples, mm. right? Then the magical thing about it is that you ask the model, mm. what's a cat? Then the model start teaching you what a cat is, uh. right? So instead of you defining from the start, now it's the other way around. Mm. You just keep it, keep giving all the information that you have, mm. and then okay, tell me about this thing. Mm. So that's the beauty of this generative AI, right? So how is it work? Is like you have big model, we call foundation model. So like Lambda and like Palm, they are foundation model. Mm. So they're backed by all this foundation model, and then the good thing is mm. you don't have to. So the foundation models are multi-task model. Yep. So you don't have to train, like you used to train one model for summarization, one model for question answering, one mm. model for like test generation and stuff. Yep. But now we have this foundation model, yeah. which you can fine tune or rather which you can adapt mm. based on what you want to do. Right? Yes. So there are a lot more things that we can go into later, but just in a summary, uh, right, night, right now, we are using this foundation model, which are really large model that can do multi-task, uh, not just one task, one model. So one bit model for multiple tasks. Uh, you just need to adapt to the questions or the problems at hand. Okay. Right. You can do question answering, summarization, ideation, test generation, uh, image captioning, so many applications. Right? Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, so yeah. What are your thoughts, Kuh? Uh no, maybe, maybe let, let me add on to that. I think so so far, so far, if you look at the evolution of uh, artificial intelligence, right? So we have been using machine learning quite a, quite a fair bit also. Uh, and we did cover machine learning in one of our uh, past episodes and all this. So I think, so yeah, what, what, what I'm hearing from you is that I think previously when we use these models, we are using it for what we call supervised learning. That means we are looking for a prediction or a classification as part of the output. Yep. Uh, but then now it's a bit different here. Now, now with all these large foundational models, what we, are, what we are getting them to now generate instead of telling us a category or prediction, right? It now gives us paragraphs of, te paragraphs of text mm. or actually images and all this, yep. right? So, so, so it switched around a bit in the sense that we now have a, a different kind of output that we're trying to get from the uh, AI model or the foundation models that you're talking about, right? Yeah, so so we expect the model to know the context in a uh, way, right? Yeah. So instead of us telling it explicitly, this mm. is class A, class B, mm. the model would know by you looking at the example to know like, hey, if you want me to do classification, this is how I will classify, yeah. right? Something like unsupervised learning, yeah. very similar, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's quite uh, fun, I have to say this. I mean, so... I think for some of you, if you if you really want to understand a bit more about, especially like text uh, generation models, right? Um, generally, the foundation of it, uh, the foundation model of it is actually what, this thing, what we call uh, engrams. Uh, that's that's the foundation uh, model. So if you don't understand what we mean by engrams, which I, I kind of expected that, that would be the case. So here is how, how it works. So what does engrams, the N stand for, right? Is that what will happen is the machine, based on the data that is being trained on, right? Uh, you actually look at the passwords, uh, and then after that, determine what, what would be the next word will be. So a very simple example I can think of is this. Uh, so just try to complete this statement in your mind, right? Roses are red, violets are... So, blue? Yeah, with blue, uh, right? <laughs> so generally, why blue is because the data that we are trained on, right? It will say that, hey, based on looking at the roses are red, violets are... Generally, the next word should be blue. 
and that probability is actually going to be very high. Yep. Right. So so that is how the model uh roughly roughly works behind the scene. Of course, there are other things that we we, we didn't cover, like things like maybe guardrails and some mm. rules and all these right to prevent any abuse uh on the model. So that's roughly how uh they work. Um, yeah. So. With that being said, right, so now you now you all have some idea like how does the generative AI work and all this, right? Uh let's move on to the next question that um Bart has for us, and that is uh what what are the benefits of using generative AI? Or well, I kind of like expect why why Bart will ask us this. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. so one obvious uh benefit is we save time uh. generating the questions. Uh, right for ourselves, right? If not, we will have like a uh, sync up call uh, just to think of what kind of contents is sort of helpful and then yes. what we should discuss, right? Yes. Yeah, now it's just like what? Less than one minute, you get all the outlines yeah. of, of the podcast questions. I think, yeah, so so just looking at podcasts alone, right? Last time used to be where we spent quite a fair bit of time trying to think about the questions that yep. we want to maybe even ask our guests and yes. and also the topics that we want to cover, right? So now within like maybe a minute or so, just have to type in the right prompt and all this. Uh, but actually gave us the questions uh, that we can use right for our podcast, which really cuts out a lot of preparation work, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, uh. it is really speed up our production. So, so that's why maybe we we can do a lot more episodes in the future. Yeah, hopefully we'll be able to do a lot more episodes in the future. Like it's more of like whether our schedule can meet or not. But in any case itself, um, what are what what are the other benefits that you have found for generative AI? Do you? So, so benefits for me specifically, right? Mm. So I, I use BART intensively at work. Okay. And of course, I use some other tools like, you know, Google Cloud, uh. Vertex AI Chat, yeah. because you can put a context and you can put some example there to sort of guide your output into the way you want it, mm -hmm. right? So I use this intensively for work because my work requires some time to mm. come up with, let's say, strategies and, you know, proposals and yeah. things like that. Yeah. And I can sort of ask the like the generative AI mm. to like, hey, can you give me an example of a strategy that you will do for X kind of thing, right? Mm. And then from there, right? Okay, it might not be perfect, right? Because if it's perfect, why do you even need to 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 be there yeah. as as someone who 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 want to write all the words, right? So sure. the the generative things might not be like very grand or like it's gonna give you the hundred percent very uh, glamorous kind of report, mm. but what it's gonna give you is like these are some of the key points or maybe it's a consideration that you should do yeah. when you start strategy, for example, mm. right? And or this is like a frame of the report that you should sort of follow, right? It sort mm. of gives you some idea and also some guideline for you to like expand further on. That's a template, la. that's yeah. a template available. Something right? like yeah. that. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. That sounds that, that 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 sounds like also how I've been using generative AI as well. So uh, these days I, I'm looking into a lot more of the topics that are not direct from textbooks, so to speak. So it's very difficult to find textbooks uh, yeah. uh, answers to some of the things that I'm looking at. Uh, and this is where uh, models like BART and ChatGPT comes into the picture. I actually asked both BART and ChatGPT right, to propose uh, some of the main topics or areas that I should cover for a particular big topic. So like for instance, th these few this week, right, uh, I start to look at metaphysics and epi mm -hmm. epistemology. So, yeah, if you do not know them, please go and ask Bart or ChatGPT. Um, they are philosophical uh, topics. Um, so what happened was I got uh, Bart and ChatGPT to propose a study outline for me. 
uh, it's quite good because for someone like me, right, who probably just only know what metaphysics is, uh, it might not be so easy for me to know what are the other subtopics that I should cover. And this is where ChatGPT and Bart comes into the picture, where they are able to give me all these like subtopics and all these, mm. uh, and then give me an outline of study as well, which is good because so far I've used the outline, right? It's quite, um, I have to say it's built really from beginner to advanced. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's not like jumping all over a place, which is, if you ask me, it's quite ideal. Uh, very con- It makes it very conducive for me to actually pick up more things uh, along the way because of how um, ChatGPT has scaffolded the uh, outline, the learning outline for me. So that's one thing that I've been using it for. Uh, of course, I also have been using it to write stuff as well. Um, so like for instance, the template that you're talking about, mm-hmm. so how do I come up with a business plan? Um, how do I, what's the template for a uh, apologist email? Let's say if I do need to write one, uh, <laughs> okay. hopefully now don't have, <laughs> um, then also how do you write, uh, maybe the single guys out there can try, can try this, uh, uh see whether you can write a, get ChatGPT or but to write you a, a love letter that you can send to someone, <laughs> but please uh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, just so, yeah. so I, I I have heard this. Uh, the, okay, so I have a personal encounter, right? Okay. Not not love letter. Uh, so so I was like asking my younger brother yep. to like, hey, you need to write essay because usually essay is like a homework, right? Yeah, yeah. Like for to to ask your students to do, hey, you need to write essay about X topic. Mm. And then I was expecting like my my brothers to occupy for at least a day, right? Because uh. it's essay. Then he was just like one hour. Then he came back with like well written essay. Uh. I'm like. If I do not know, if I'm not in like generative AI space where I know that these kind of things happen, I would like, wow, this guy can write very nice essay yeah. within a very short time. Yes. Because I work in generative AI, it's like, uh. you don't come and tell me this kind of answer <laughs> because I knew uh. or I know that you generative using some of the element models, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so on this topic, right, we, we, we have sort of moved on to the next question that Bart has for us. And that is what are the challenges of using uh, generative AI? So maybe I, I let me start off with that. I think from what I see, right, it's it's a disrupt, disruptive uh, technology. I think mm-hmm. the first thing that disrupt is per what you mentioned just now, which is education and uh training. So the thing is this: do we still write essays or not in the first place? And and me being economics trained, right, I've been asked to write a lot of essays during my uh university days and also my uh junior college days. Uh, or over here. Maybe to overseas audience, right? It's pre U days, uh, pre university days, mm-hmm. and all this. So, we have been writing a lot of essays and all this. And so, here comes the question, right? So, is it still a requirement, or should we still get students to write essays these days or not? Uh, my, my take on that currently, right now, the answer is probably no. Mm. Uh, should, we, should we get them to write essays or not? But, however, I think what's more important is to get the students to write down the points of argument rather. Because at the end of the day, so so for those of you who are familiar, right, we also do write essays in general paper mm. in the pre-universities. Uh, so ge- general papers, when we write general papers, what we are looking at or what most of the GP tutors are looking at, right, is how you argue your, uh, your way or your point or your stand or positions on certain controversial uh, topics and all this. Um, and that to me, I feel is what you should really show now is your thought process. Mm, yeah. The, the, the essay, the essay is just a container, right? The essay is just a container of showing your thought process. 
But what what's more important is gonna be the content inside that that container, which is your thought process, how you argue, how you see the logic, uh, and uh, so on and so forth. So so I think that is something probably a lot of like training institutes or education institutes may may have to start thinking about since now generative AI can like come up with essays very easily, uh, like within five minutes with the right prompts, and then you 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 can get everything, uh. And I think more importantly, now if there are students out there listening to this, I would probably say, uh, maybe I generate ready, right? And then let me just make some changes to it. Uh, and, and that should be okay already, right? Uh, not really a case, no. Actually, um, why I say that is, we humans still have some idea about what is human return and machine return, it seems. I don't know, Toya, whether you have that same uh, experience or not. You can share it later once I, once I finish this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is actually, if you look at two essays, uh, there is a good chance that you can differentiate one is machine and the other one is human. But of course, the first thing we probably have to prompt the human. Uh. We have to prompt the human and say that one of them is machine return and one, the other one is human return. So the, the context of the human will then, the, of, of the human assessor will then change and say that, oh, I'm looking for human traits in the essay. I'm looking mm. for machine traits in the, in the essay. So I think that's something which is pretty interesting, uh, I would say. Uh, and I probably something that maybe going forward, uh, the professors in the university probably have to start learning about how to mark. Yeah. Okay, I sort of like, I agree with you in huh? terms of like, we should stop doing all the old practices of, hey, I gave you essay as a homework kind of thing. Huh? And of course, you know, Having this kind of tools is accessible, but you still mm. need to think of the prompt, right? Yeah. And generative AI not just take on prompt, you mm. can also like put a subsequent prompt to edit the previous input, right? Yes. So uh. you can say things like, hey, make it friendlier, make it more professional, mm. make it funnier, add more jokes into the the yeah, yeah. Whichever is like your thinking is the limitation, yes. right? What you can think of, uh. you can actually create it, right? You can even say like, hey, add more emojis into the, the text, right? Yes. So depends on how flexible your prompt is, you mm. can also edit the thing. Mm. And I was thinking of like, okay, how do I make, you know, my, my brother, which is, you know, I, I just asked him to write uh, an essay and then he came uh. out within a, within an hour, right? He yeah. probably like, don't want to make it so fast. He just like, wait and then, okay, I, I'm walking, I'm walking, but <laughs> just generated using, you know, a, uh, a generated model and then uh, give me the essay, right? So what we can actually do is we can actually give, let's say, uh, a false essay, right? Mm -hmm. And you as a, as a student, you have to just have enough knowledge to fact check mm -hmm. or rather correct the grammar instead. Yeah, yeah. Right, so you're training your core skill, right? Not the the skills to write stuff mm. more like the skills to check yeah so the generative ai model can give you all sort of data right mm. but are they really correct are they really in the context right so as a human now it's become i have to check right uh, i cannot uh, just copy and paste it yes. so we should move into a place where teaching the students to fact check right and mm. also edit it if there's any mistakes yeah and also, of course, adding a personal flavor, right? I think you touched on a very good point there, Toya, which is now teachers probably have to move into a, a different paradigm, and that is to teach students how to think critically. Yeah. Right? To be able to see where the logic may not flow correctly, or may, there, may not, there may be some logic errors, logic fallacies, uh, and, and so on and so forth. So 
I think we t- so so definitely from what we see, generative AI will disrupt uh the education industry for sure. But if you ask me when I say disrupt, I like it because I feel that it's gonna be a positive disruption rather than a negative disruption. Uh it's more of like then going forward, how do educators uh start using generative AI to train better a better workforce going forward into the, yes. into the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um so do you have any other challenges that you have uh, using generative AI? So I think the challenge itself is data quality, right? So we want to touch on a little bit of technical side of things. Sure. Right. So generative model right now, I mean, one of the ways is to use this foundation model, right? So mm. the foundation models are trained on the data, right? Mm. Large amount of data. Yeah. Like if you notice, a lot of data on the internet sometimes can be very toxic. Right, you might have a forum that spe- specifically talk about a certain topic yeah. that is not really a good public uh, facing. Right? Yeah. So, as a data scientist or mm. as a as a machine learning person who responsible for training this kind of model, right? Yeah. How do we make sure we filter out all this negative content? Yes. Right. So that's one issue that we have to solve. So goes back to the goes back to the critical thinking thinking part. Mm. Uh, we should not be taking whatever that the generative AI model give us as especially text text generation one right as yeah. the full fact uh and nothing else and all this we shouldn't be 100% believe in what what is being generated now uh for the audience I just to if you want to find out a bit more right this is what we call uh hallucination yeah. in uh in the model so so our generative AI models does hallucinate uh, that means that it may not give you um the the right facts and all these uh. so this is something that I found out quite uh, quite. I won't say recently that like, when I was starting to use uh ChatGPT, so because of the topics that I'm learning, right? So these days they are not re- they are not really textbook based. But if mm. I want to look at it, right? Uh, usually will be to look at research papers. So sometimes, so this is where I ask ChatGPT, right? ChatGPT specifically, yeah. Uh, uh, can you please give me some research pa- research papers that are often uh quoted, uh, that are often quoted, uh, that has very high uh quote is it quotation not called quotation i can't remember what's the term idea but very high references to it and, and, and so on and so forth so apparently ChatGPT was able to do that uh but i realized hey you give me all this right but you can't you didn't give me the url so i said um uh, ChatGPT, can you also give me the url as well so what happened is then ChatGPT give me the title the authors uh the journal title then followed by the url where i can go into well long story short right i asked it to quote five papers for me Mm-hmm. Um, I just say only one I can use. Ah. <laughs> even though it's even though I asked for the most highly quoted and highly uh yeah highly quoted paper or reference paper right, but only one really works. And I start to also think then it's like, why would only that one work and not the rest? So I'm not too sure about it. I haven't had a chance to really explore it. But my guess feel right now is because it could be because it is the highly highly referenced paper. So highly referenced paper means that it's actually referenced quite a lot of times over the internet and all this, right? So if you're if you're assuming that the uh, internet is actually the data for that foundation model, uh, then generally of course we would expect that the one that has a high high um reference paper, highly referenced paper should be the one that is correct, and the rest are not really the case, lah. Mm. Uh, so so that's something that I've been uh looking at into um. And so on. So, so because of that hallucination thing that, that I came across, right, I now actually don't really ask ChatGPT to give me like uh 
reference papers or uh, research papers or even maybe books to, to read. But rather use ChatGPT or BART, right, to help me recall some facts, mm. some past histories and facts and all this. Uh. Uh, because even when I say facts, we also have to be a bit mindful here. Yep. Uh, scientific facts. So how many... What, what is scientific fact in the first place? Yes. So scientific fact, right, the first thing you probably we can argue is, is coffee good, good or bad for health? <laughs> That's what it will be, right? Sometimes you will see a different view, right? Like you don't want yes or no answer. Yes. You might, there might be some maybe paper yeah. that you also want to explore. Yes. Right? And then like sort of trigger me to have one of the book or rather like article that I read before yeah. is that uh, there was there was this uh, very old research paper mm that is really big or whether it's a book mm. and then a lot of like researchers sort of reference to the book mm. but i never actually read the book okay because because my seniors or the paper that like i referencing reference oh. to it so i also reference to it okay so you have like a lot of people referencing to the book who has mm. never read the book okay so this kind of things also can happen right like yeah you, that's true yeah you saw you have like oh a lot of people reference oh. doesn't really means that it has all the facts and all the accurate information in it Right. It could just be because it have like maybe piece of information that is useful. So a lot of people use it and a lot of people reference to it. Yeah, it could be it could be the case, uh, but probably may not may not be easy for us to understand better unless we are academics in the first place or so yep. right. How how all this all this system works uh as well. Now the other or the other thing I the other challenge I also can remember was uh I don't know if you still remember on my Facebook, right? So we were say I was asking I was asking ChatGPT right. Uh, can you please tell me who Ku is? Oh, yeah, the full name right? My my full name. Who who Ku is? Unfortunately, it really has hallucinated very badly because of course uh, I'm just a small fly over here operating a maybe a podcast channel and then that's about it. <laughs> uh, so I happen to be someone very famous in China. What? <laughs> Apparently, maybe you are. You you don't know. <laughs> I, it could be. A, I could have a topper ganger. I I'm not too sure. So, but but yeah, most. So when you just fact check, right? Uh, all I can say is the conclusion I get is, yeah, I'm not that famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so I think to, to our audience, right, just be very mindful uh, when you are asking uh, a person's background through ChatGPT and all this. Uh, may not be... Well, I mean, you can try to yell one if you want to. <laughs> and then you let us know whether it's okay, true or not. Maybe it's, yeah. Or you, you could try mine also as well. Yeah, um, and, and like just using your name might not be the good prompt as well because there could be different type of cool, right? Yeah. Multiple cool. And like there there could be many Tuya as well. So which Tuya you, you probably like referring to? So Yeah, so actually, so the other point I wanted to touch a bit more on is actually the prompting part and all this. Mm. So we were talking about prompts and all this. So Tuya, what's your take on prompt engineering? Prompt engineering is to try to understand the underlying structure of a prompt, right? Mm. Optimize it per se. You want to get exactly what you want, yeah. but can your prompt have that? How each words actually contribute to your model, so, right? Ah, so, yeah. so, there, so there are two ways, right? So there's prompt, yeah. there's prompt design. Yeah. So prompt design is trying to design something to get what you want, right? It could be you are giving example. Oh. It, it could be you are saying things like, hey, go and find Ku from Singapore, mm. who is the co-led of, you know, Singapore Connection podcast. <laughs> so you put more information to sort of narrow down the search, right? Okay. So that could be a prompt design. But engineering means we have to go down mm. to the level of, okay, which part of the, the prompt mm. is actually making sense and like making the model give you this kind of uh, output. 
Okay, that's yeah. a pretty interesting perspective actually because I I probably might be putting you in a in a tight spot over here, but yep. to you, how would how would you define the difference between prompt engineering and prompt design then? Yeah. Yeah. So I think nowadays uh, uh the, the the terms that is overly used as as usual in, in machine learning uh, there's a lot of overloading terms there's a lot of different terms different mm. use different way uh, and we even have an episode on like what's different between data data engineering data science yep. machine learning and yep. also what's different between ai ml and deep learning right yes we have to do all this episode in the future about <laughs> what's the difference between design and engineering uh, so so for me right now if you are i mean you don't really have to care so much about it mm. because Unless you are working in a research kind of base where you started mm. creating your own, you know, large language models and yeah. things. For the general public, you only need to understand two things. Mm. One, prompt. Prompt is the input text that you you talk to the model, right? Yeah. You yeah. you input into the model. Yes. And then the design part is to design the prompt so mm. that it's efficient, right? So instead of saying something like, hey, uh, give me a recipe for pizza, mm. right? And you you can sort of modify it by saying, give me a recipe about Hawaiian pizza okay, or a pizza with uh, cheese. Okay. Right. So you sort of scope it down. Right. Mm. And of course you're just giving very general prompt. Okay. The answer that you get back might not be what you want. Mm. Then you start thinking, oh, generative AI is not that smart after all, because I don't really understand what you want. <laughs> I mean, you have to express exactly what you want yeah. so that, you know, the other, not a person, but the model knows yeah. what you want. Right. Like, you can just go to like Pizza Hut and say, oh, give me a pizza. Yeah. Then it gave you like pepperoni. It's like, yes. no, I want a Hawaiian. Uh. Obviously, you have to say, give me Hawaiian pizza, right? Yeah. yeah so that's how I, I, I will put it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, uh, it's pretty interesting. I probably have want to put a pin on it. Maybe think about it later. Or, or what's the difference between prompt engineer and prompt design? Mm. Uh, seems like from your explanation, there is some, there, there is some, some differences over there. But again, like I said, I haven't, well, this these are new to me, so I probably will want to explore that that a bit. But having said that, I think what the point I want to bring across for prompt engineering at least is, uh, personally, I don't believe in prompt engineer, but I believe in prompt engineering. I've mm. I kind of feel there's a there's a difference here. That means, no, all of us has been doing prompts actually. If you if you don't if you didn't realize, uh, the example I I, I often quoted is this: uh, when you go to a search engine like maybe or Google on or DuckDuckGo and all this, right? Well, maybe not DuckDuckGo, but um, when you put in the search keywords, right? That search mm. keywords itself is actually a prompt if yes. you think about it, right? Google search, right? Yeah. Correct. So so Google search becomes the foundation model, put it in quotes, foundation model that's behind uh, the scene. And what comes out is the recommendation, right? Based on the, based on the output that you have. And you do actually try to engineer your prompt. Because, mm. like, let's say, for instance, you say that, hey, uh, I'm looking for uh, best satay. But then after that, what you get from Google, right, is maybe best satay in Malaysia yeah. or Indonesia. So the next thing you want to do is, no, you want to be a bit more specific, right? Yeah, right? in Singapore. So you right? just say best satay, Singapore. Yeah. Right? So we, we do actually do that uh, quite often. We do that kind of prompt engineering work quite often to get to where we want, which is a recommendation, yeah. the recommendation, the, the search engine, all this. So if you ask me, I kind of feel... Prompt engineering seems to be overhyped. Uh, sorry, not prompt engineering. Prompt engineer seems to be overhyped. Prompt engineering is something that we have been doing quite a while already. And seriously, I don't think 
all of us are that bad, right? We all know how to use a search engine and all this. We know how to tweak and tune a search engine to to get what we want to. Then similarly, that kind of concept and all this can be brought over to generative AI where you can, we know what kind of, you can try the different prompts and all these, mm. right? To be able to generate all the different text and, and uh, images and so on and so forth. So to me, I feel every one of us have been using prompt engineering. I, I've been doing prompt engineering work. Uh, so that's that. That's how I. That's how I see it, lah. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's not very like alien to us because we've yeah. been asking questions, like, even for people to people, right? Hey, where do I get to here, right? Uh. Uh, what do I do on uh, weekends, mm. right? So we always been asking this kind of question. Yeah, exactly. So so here comes also another uh thing that we we probably can can talk about, and that is what's the difference between like search engine and. Uh, talking to a generative AI mm. model. Um, maybe do you want to add, add first before I share my, my viewpoints? What's so, the difference between the two? So so for me right now, right? Uh. Like if you talk about search engine, it only give you the URL, right? So mm. basically it just give you, these are the website mm. that you can actually read more further on, yep. right? But mm. generative AI sort of give you the exact, the, the answer that you want. Right, it's sort of like mm -hmm. saving a few clicks in my opinion, right? Okay. So if you search in Google search, like right now, uh. so they, they are actually adding in a lot more, uh, you know, generative AI things in the search as well. Okay. But what you would ideally get from mm. search is you you type something yeah. and then based on the, the prompt or the te input text, uh. it gives you a relevant link, right? Yep. So you can go into this document or you're going to this website and mm. then you sort of read further on, mm. summarize yourself, make sense of whether there is something that you want or not. Mm. Okay. But from the generative AI standpoint, it's like, okay, you want this, I give you this. Yeah. Then I will say, okay, maybe I, I extract this information from these are the, the sources that I get. Yes. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? Uh, similar, similar, mm -hmm. but I come from another angle in the sense that I kind of see that, let's say if you look at search engine, right? If mm -hmm. you do the same text onto search engine, I do agree with you. What happens is you get a bunch of URLs, but the bunch of URLs actually would validate because the bunch of URL, imagine there are 10 of them, right? So the 10 mm -hmm. of them could be like their voters. They're voting whether the topic, uh, the majority topic, right? Is it something that you are looking for? Mm. So I kind of feel that would be the case. That, that means there's some voting mechanism in the in the search results. Um, whereas for, if you look at chat, GPT or BART and all this, right? When you put in a prompt, it's slightly different. It's like talking to a friend. Ah, yes. If you know, if you understand what I mean, right? So yeah. it's like talking to a friend, but this friend is sort of like very all-knowing, knows a lot of things and all this, and he's able to tell you, and he's able to tell you this bunch of text very confidently. <laughs> okay. But confidently doesn't mean it's... It's right. Right, right? It's true, right? <laughs> I mean, both of us are, are very good friends and all this, but sometimes some of the things you tell me and all this, I, I definitely will believe until some contradicting information ah. comes to picture, all right? Correct, correct. Yeah, so, so if I look at it, right, I will say that both of them has their strength and weaknesses. Mm. And I'm more for using both of them together. Yep. But what's happening right now will be more of how do I use them both effectively and uh efficiently and there's a there's a synergy between mm. them so that so I get a lot more uh good information, uh, a lot more good data points to to make uh to do some thinking on to make some conclusion. On as well. So that's how I look at the, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, the search 
you if you if you haven't watched, you can watch this IO announcement, right? And okay. they have this new version of search where you can search the results and then you can have another prompt to filter or improve the search. Ah, okay. Ah, you okay. can do all this thing. Okay. I don't know whether is it rolled out really because I haven't really exploring it. Okay. I'm really busy working with all the generative sure. AI stuff. But uh yeah, so so the future to me is very good in the sense that uh. everything is super like getting you know boosted up by by the generative AI uh. and then we started using it in our day to day, right? We we'll, if you have not been started using it, you eventually integrate into your day to day life, right? You're like, hey, this actually can help me boost up my productivity. Yeah, it's it, it. It actually does lah. Uh, it actually does. So these days, when I use generative AI, right, what I do is so remember the study outline that I mentioned to mm -hmm. you just now, right? So what I do is then after that, I take each of the topics that is inside the uh, mm -hmm. inside the outline, right? Then I just copy and paste into uh the large the generative AI models, right? And I say what is then this XXX, right? And then question mm -hmm. mark. And get it to actually generate all the all the information out for me to read through. Now, if you ask me, right, I think one thing I really hope to see in all these large language models like Bart and ChatGPT, right, is can you please read them out to me so it's easier. <laughs> My reading speed is so slow though compared to listening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That that might be a possible uh things, right? Yeah. It could be a plugin or something. Okay. Uh, read to me first. Yeah, it could be it could be a plugin. If if anyone from from the big tech companies. Here, ask right. <laughs> please give us a shout out. That's one. The second thing is also, can you please add a add a read read me uh read me option? Uh? I think that would be great. <laughs> ah yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have like some large language model or rather like generative model or foundation model that ah. can actually transcribe things. Ah okay. Ah, so okay. we can actually integrate it like okay. pretty easily to to get something that you wanted to. Yeah, I would say. It shouldn't be too difficult. Like, it's more of like how do you architect the whole thing which, so that the maybe the lag and all this is mm. smaller and all. So I think that's something uh probably layman people like lay people like me may not be able to uh do it, but mm. I think the tech companies will have the resources to be able to do that as well, translating from one medium one medium to the next. Uh, ah. like maybe voice to text, text to voice, uh and so on and so forth. I think that's something that I'll be looking forward to. Uh, in the future iterations of all this large uh, generative model. Yeah. Okay, that sort of gave me the idea. How about we automate the whole podcast thing using generative <laughs> model, right? So we just uh, say, okay, let's talk about generative AI, right? Uh, then we ask the generative AI to generate the text, uh, the, the outline, and then we keep <laughs> asking the generative model to like, hey, can you expand further or uh, answer this question yourself? Uh, and then we ask, we ask the, the generative model to like, okay, now uh, uh, make it into an audio version of this. Then we just publish the. <laughs> oh, that could, that, 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 that's a consideration. That's a consideration. But okay lah. No, I mean, I mean our audience like to like to listen to us. I'm, uh, I'm assuming. Okay, okay. Hopefully. <laughs> but I, I'm gonna just give it a try and see whether that works. Yeah, out. yeah. It works yeah. out. Then please, please let me know. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh, okay. So let's see. What's the next question? Maybe we just take one more question from from Bart and then uh leave the rest to maybe the next episode if if there's a there's a demand from the audience. Ah. Okay. Um. Uh, what are the future trends of um generative AI? So where where do you see this uh? Yeah. Well, this is like a million. I mean, maybe not even million. It's like a lot of money, dollars, questions. Billion, billion, <laughs> billion dollar question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because like it's very new, right? And yeah. and everyone's looking into it. We don't even know like as a as a user, right? Uh. 
how powerful, right? Like we haven't really exploited, or in a way, we haven't even used it enough to to harness the full power of it, mm, mm. right? So it's hard to say, right? Uh. But I was hoping, right? Like, like you say, everything to be done by me, that would be amazing, <laughs> right? Hey, uh. you know, I I have I have I wanted to do this. Uh. Can you give me everything? Can you give my? Uh, can you sort of like book my appointment for mm. me? Can you write apology letter to my clients? <laughs> can you cancel uh. my meetings? Can you yeah. can you set up a meeting? Yeah. Everything is done for me. Then I will be like, okay, I just need to go to the holiday, right? Yeah. That, that would be my dream. Right? Uh. Yeah. I. Okay, so so how do I see it is this? I, I recently just mentioned about it in my newsletter uh, about the future for uh, generative uh, AI. So the way I look at it is this. I think with generative AI, right, people like me who doesn't have a have have a artistic, uh, artistic or a literary 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 skills who can write very well, mm-hmm. uh, and or, or who cannot paint very well. So people like me, I think now with this generative AI, right, now put those capabilities into me. Put okay. It this way. So that means now I can paint to a certain extent, and I know how to write better to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the way I look at it, then would mean that would mean what? That would mean people like me right who is not that great at painting and writing now can start actually doing all these things and doing it to a certain level mm-hmm. and from there probably doing edits then if that's the case so if you ask me i do look forward to it and i think there will be more content being generated on the on the internet okay because of these large generative models so what's going to happen next is you probably now as human as human beings, right? With that content explosion, we now needs we now need better thinking skills. Ah, okay, yep. You know what I mean. So yep. we need better thinking skills, right? So that we know how to differentiate the content out, the mm. the good, the bad, the truth, the false. Yep. Uh, and so on and so forth, and I'll put it as more now. Now we have more training ground, lah to do it yeah. rather uh, not saying that everyone is doing it but now we have more training ground to actually test our thinking skills whether our thinking is it logical is it uh per what we uh hope to learn about the world and and so on and so forth so that's how i look at it as a future trend of uh generative ai one of the future trend yeah and we have to be mindful of some of the like downside that come with all this advanced technology right because nowadays, like like I said, DJ oh. has to be really careful of <laughs> the the essays yeah. written by a generative AI uh. or a person or student itself, right? Uh. And we also need to think about the impersonation kind of thing, right? Uh, yes. So yes. like nowadays, the the image can be generated really fairly quickly, right? And yeah. and you can actually tinker the image to the way that you want. And there's a lot of examples out there in the internet, right? Yes. So how do you sort of prevent people from abusing it? That would be a challenge as well. Yeah, I think going back at the end of the day to your point, right, about all this content generated true, false, or look very look very mm. true, which could be false. <laughs> uh and so on and so forth, right? Is to practice that critical thinking skills. Mm. To maybe start asking a lot more questions than accepting a lot of these things that's ongoing right now. And I think the other thing is also choose your choose your battlefield put it this way so what yeah. i mean by choose a battlefield means that if these things really doesn't matter too much to you maybe don't have don't spend your brain power on it okay you know what i mean because mm. i mean we've got limited bandwidth and all this right? limited bandwidth and time and all this so choose the choose your battles choose things that 
will matter to you a lot more. Uh, and then you concentrate on on thinking on on those things, think about those things, critical thinking, system thinking, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth on on those things, and so that it it makes it work for you. Oh. Right, it makes it work for you. So th that's how I was, I would say lah. Uh, you can't run away. Like I like I said in the previous point, right? You can't run away from this thing called content explosion. Mm. Yeah, I don't think you can you can run away from that really. Uh, going forward with now this kind of tools in the hands of people like me who can't paint, like I said, who can't paint or can't write that well, right? It is time where we can do it really so that content explosion will just be a lot. Yeah. Uh, a lot. And then now it's more like really up to individual to go and think about all these critical thinking skills and all these. Uh, yeah. yeah, like the fact checking, yeah. all these are really important skills for the yeah, future. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, I think we are about time for this uh, episode, right? Toya? Yes, yeah, so yeah, I mean, we discussed a fair bit of questions that are generated by Bart. Uh. And yeah, if the audience want to learn more about it, right, feel free to like, give us a note yeah. that we will generate more questions. And then, oh, you if you have questions specifically, like write uh. to us, right? We, we were yeah. taking questions as well. So I think to the audience, right, probably may our, our so to write to us, right, you can look for us on LinkedIn, uh, and just do mm. a private, private message us, and then that should be it, really. Uh. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, so yeah, we should end this over here. Yeah, thank you audience for listening to us. And then now we are back. So cool. Thank you for giving the time and uh, talking about all this interesting topic. No problem. So yeah, thanks. I appreciate the, the time and, and effort that you have done to set up all this as well. And to our audience, uh, welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us uh, in the past three years. I think we started our podcast yeah, for three yes, years. Yes, right? three years already. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So thank you very much to the audience and uh, to keep in touch, right? Uh, look for us on LinkedIn uh, and if there's any feedback or whatever, please look for us on LinkedIn as well. Um, so with that being said, if you're the first time listening to this podcast, uh, welcome. And uh, you can follow us on all the major um, podcast platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, and so on and so forth. Yep. With that, see you next time. See you.